Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. One verse of scripture while you're up today. We're not in our little books today, so this is uh, something else I felt led for today. Um, Psalm 138 and 7. 38 and 7, the psalmist said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Woo! That's a good scripture to start the year off with. Praise God. I want to preach for a while on this thought, a strange place to find revival. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you and praise you today. We thank you, God, for your mercy and grace, for your keeping power. Bless us now, Lord, to receive from your word. Lord, let it find good ground in our heart. We're going to praise you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now give him one more hand clap and shout. Aren't you thankful for the Lord? What a great God. What a mighty God. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. God's so good to us. God's so good to us. A strange place to find revival. You know, when we started 2020, we were, we were high hopes and expectations for tremendous blessings and revival and God moving and doing things and in January, no one could foresee what was coming and what the months would hold where of quarantine and shutdowns and things, you know, seemingly stopping the flow, the move. We had services and conferences and all sorts of things that were canceled and moved to online. And, and so in some fashion, we were able to still uh, do what we do, but it just wasn't the same. And... The option was there, and, and many took it, to just quit, to stop, to surrender, to give up. But when you know the Lord, you know that even though there can be some tragic and terrible circumstances happening in your present, there's always something better coming. Jesus told his disciples in one place, he said, or the Pharisees, and they were there, they heard what he said, but he made the statement, if you destroy this temple, in three days I'll raise it up. In other words, it won't stay destroyed. And we know he was talking about his crucifixion. We know that he was talking about what he would suffer. And when you read the accounts of, of how they whipped him and beat him, the things that he went through, you realize that they did what, they, uh, what he said they would do. They destroyed his temple. Uh, took his life from his body. And yet, he brought it back. He resurrected. And that's the cornerstone, really, of our faith. Paul said, without the resurrection, if there is no resurrection, our faith is in vain. We're still in our sins. So I'm thankful today that even though it can be very heartbreaking and terrible now, when you serve the Lord, you can always trust something better is coming. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief comes not but for this purpose, steal, kill, or destroy but I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. He said, when he's done doing all he can do, here I come. But, you know, God's going to be there. He said, the thief is coming 
to do these things, but I am come. I'm already there. You're not going through it without him. He sees everything you're facing. He sees everything that hits you, everything that comes your way. He said, I am come. In other words, I'll watch him do what he's going to do, but I'll keep you through it so that you can uh, survive and go on another day. I'll keep you so you can see what I'll do when he's done his worst. I'll build the waste places. The book of Ezekiel, he said, I'll build the waste places. I, I, I fix those things. Those cities that were ruined will now be inhabited. And, and uh, those places that were desolate will be like the Garden of Eden. I, I'll take care of, of the destruction, of the mayhem, of, of all the things that happened. I will revive you. And the psalmist said here that uh, though I walk in the midst of trouble, when you're in the midst of something, it's everywhere. It's on the right, it's on the left, in the front and back. Come on, somebody. You know, somebody's going to start singing with me. But it, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter which direction you turn, where you, where you are. Everything you try to do, I am in the midst of trouble. Just like the Hebrew boys were in the midst of the fiery furnace. There, there was no section where they were that there was not fire, something that could take them out if it had not been for the Lord. And it's like that with us today. We can be walking in the midst of our trouble, but he will revive me. He will keep me alive in the midst of my heartache. He will keep me alive in the midst of my trouble. In the midst of my falling or my failings, God will keep me alive because it's not the Lord's will that we perish. Now, he doesn't agree with us making bad choices. He would rather we not. He would rather we keep ourselves, make the right choice, do live righteous, live holy, do the things that we're supposed to do. But he does know that we're dust. He does know that we are flesh, and he understands that. But it is not his will that we perish. The word perish means in the Greek to destroy fully or to lose. God does not intend on his people losing. Yeah. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey, he's already given me the victory. He does not want me to lose. If I lose, it's because I forfeit. Do you know we're not ever defeated? Come on, somebody. God's people trusting in this God that we serve are never defeated. We might forfeit. We might give up. We might throw in the towel, but we cannot be beaten by a lesser foe, when greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What I've got to understand and grab a hold of is in the promises and in the examples set forth in Scripture that God's people go through terrible, horrible trials and tests, but God always brings them out on the other side. When it looks like there is no way through this, God will open up a way and make a way where there is no way. He'll drown your troubles behind you. Hey, when Moses and Israel hit the Red Sea and Pharaoh was coming down behind them, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the sea opened up. They went across on dry ground. Now, let me tell you, they wasn't just strolling, looking at the, hey, look how neat that is. You see that fish? Look at that. Now, I'm sure they were hustling because they still knew the enemy was coming in behind them. And I'm sure when they got to the other side, things were in shambles and in disarray and people were out of breath and people were, were now we're on the other side. And, but then they see the water close up and they realize there's nothing coming to get us. 
And that's when Miriam and those people got the tambourines and they began to dance and sing songs to the Lord. And God refreshed them. He revived them. He, yeah, all of a sudden, it wasn't huffing and puffing and whew, it was singing and dancing and worshiping, praising God because they realized that God made a way in, where there was no way. In the, midst of the sea, in the midst of the sea, God made a way where there was no way. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. You know, even in 2020, when we started out, I posted this the other day you know, with, with all the shutdowns, of the online, different things, the services out of whack for a while. We still baptized 23 people, saw 17 filled with the Holy Ghost. We had someone being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost every single month except the month of July. So I don't know what happened to July. Maybe everybody was on vacation. I don't know what happened in July. No, I wasn't on vacation. They was quarantined, so I don't know where they were. But, but even with all of that, God still was touching people's lives, doing things, healing people, blessing people, strengthening people. People were getting jobs and better jobs in 2020. They were getting hired on to better things, and God was moving in the midst of all. All this stuff looked so bad. But in 2020, just a number. It was 365 days that the Lord had made it was 52 weeks of the weeks that the Lord had made and, and uh, my mindset is what would create it to be bad or good I could either decide well this day is just going to be another day of fear and torment and anguish and, and I'm just going to perish or I can believe that God's going to revive me in the midst of my trouble He said, you will stretch forth your hand. That's, you know, we get a little insight in the scripture knowing who Jesus is, the right hand. And he says, you'll stretch forth your hand against the, the wrath of my enemies and your right hand shall save me. Not just, uh, it's like God's left hand don't do nothing. It's, but he's, he's talking about the right hand. He, he, uh, to who has the, Lord, the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who, you know, who, who understands what he's talking about? And we know that today that with Jesus, we have power over all the power of the enemy. We know that through him we may have tribulation in this world, but we can be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a strange place to find revival, but we think this because we think of revival as church. We think of it as the visiting evangelist, uh, uh, people praying, running, shouting, people getting baptized. That's revival, that's revival, but uh, the church hitting on all cylinders, that's revival, Pastor. That's not revival. That's normal. <laughs> hey, if everything's going great, why do I need reviving? Hey, if you see me laid out on the floor, so where you walk into church one day and, hey, pastor must be in. You walk in, I'm laid out on the floor, flat on my back. I hope you know CPR. <laughs> Revive me. But if you walk in and you just see somebody walk across and you grab them and start doing CPR, that ain't CPR, that's kissing. <laughs> and that might get you in trouble. Because, Come here, I need to revive you. What do you mean I'm walking, talking, I'm breathing, everything's fine. Uh, when everything's doing like, well, it's, that's not revival. That's normal. That's church. That's what we do. We worship, we shout, we pray, we go. But, but it's in the midst of our individual. Revival is individual. 
Because every individual that's there shouting and going on has got trouble going on in their life somewhere. But in the midst of their trouble, God is reviving them. God is bringing them back to life. God, hey, hey, you find revival in heartache. Yeah? You find, you'll find re- revival in the midst of failure, trials, storms of life, stress, fear. That's where you find revival. You'll find revival in the, the places that are draining you sucking your life out of you, pulling your faith down. That's where you'll find revival. And that's why you can't quit on God. Just because it feels, yeah, I'm about to take my last step. It won't be your last step, I guarantee it. If you trust God, it won't be your last step. You might as well, I'm hanging on by a thread. Let me tell you, that thread would be as strong as any chain if you're hanging on to the Lord. It ain't gonna break. You might be feel like, well, I'm about to go off the edge. You won't go off the edge. There'll be a bridge. You won't. I'm telling you today that when you trust God, he will bring you out of it. And I didn't say we wouldn't have trouble. We'll have trouble. But trouble don't last always. But God is everlasting. And he's there with you and he's for you and he's going to be on your side. And it might seem like a strange place to worship and to shout and to rejoice but it's in the midst of trouble where God brings that revival. God does not want you quitting in the middle of your trial or your test. He wants you to understand that I can bring revival anywhere, anytime. Paul wrote to us in Romans 5 and said, uh, Romans 5 and 3, he said, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, that's somebody that needs reviving, ain't it? Christ died for the ungodly. He, his right hand. His right hand did it. His right hand saved. His right hand saved us. When we were out, were without strength, when we didn't have what it took to survive, to go on to save ourselves, Jesus died for us. He said, I will revive you in the midst of your trouble. I'll offer a way out in the midst of your sin, in the, in the midst of your, your, your trials and tests. Whatever's going on, I'm going to give you that strength. Tribulation. We think of tribulation, you know, we, all the bad things that go on. Uh, tribulation, it don't bring nothing but heartache. It don't bring nothing but pain. It don't, that might be the ingredients of tribulation, but it ain't what tribulation produces. It ain't the product of tribulation. The product of tribulation, when we have faith in Jesus, is patience and then experience and ultimately hope. And friend, let me tell you, as long as you've got hope, As long as you're hoping in God. Hey, let me tell you, you're not going to perish. You're not going to fall. This will not be the end of you. This is not your last day. This is, hey, your best day's coming. Because I've said this before, hope's the great grandchild of tribulation. Yeah, it's birthing things. Tribulation, it works patience. Then patience, it births experience. Then experience, hope. And so, uh, so you need to start looking for that great-grandchild. If, if grandkids are great, then that great-grandkid must be great, even greater. Let me tell you, 
I want, I want to trust God and realize that I may be in the midst of something I don't want to be in, but this is not the end of me. In the midst of trouble, you will revive me. I can't quit on God. Paul told us in Galatians, said, don't get weary in well-doing. So you, gonna, you only reap if you faint not. You can't take, you know, sometimes I've, I've talked to people before that were, were very sick in their body, natural sickness, and they, they said, I felt like that if I had just allowed myself, I would have stopped breathing. That they, they said, I was that close to going out of here that if I had just surrendered my will to live, I would have just stopped. I believe that happens sometimes. I believe sometimes you, we watch people hang on until somebody prays with them and talks with them and says, hey, it's okay, you can go. And then all of a sudden they just take their last breath at will. Well, that's that, that fainting. We think, well, I can't control if I faint. Sure you can. Because if you trust him, you won't faint. If you trust him, you might get weary. Yeah, You might get tired. You might be exhausted, but the Lord said, I will revive you. I will bring you back around. Isaiah wrote it like this, such, such familiar scripture, but just something to start us off because guess what? Just because it's 2020, don't change nothing in the world. Just because it's 2021, it don't change nothing in the world. It's still the world. It's just a different calendar. It's a different planner. You know, that's it but it's still the world we live in where people are trying to shut us down in a world where people are still, you know, talking about politics and pandemics and everything else. I mean, it's, it's still the same world. So we need to be ready to know now that, hey, if trouble hits tomorrow, God's going to revive me. If trouble hits next week, God's going to revive me. That it, no matter what they throw at me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It could be formed and it could even be used, but it don't prosper. And so Isaiah said in Isaiah 40 and 28, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Now, if he don't faint and he's in me, two plus two equals four, don't it? If he don't faint and he's in me, what, what, what excuse do I have for fainting? It don't make it wouldn't mean that God didn't love me, but he would be surprised. Hey son, he'd be be like talking to us like he was talking to the prophet hiding in the cave. What are you doing here? Hey, hey Elijah, what are you doing here? Well, she's gonna kill me. And that old bag of bones ain't killing nobody. But see, we forget sometimes in the middle of trouble. That God is for us. That God's on our side. And it can can seem outlandish. It can even seem foolish sometimes standing for God. But you've just got to trust God. People tell us we're careless, we're reckless because we trust God. But but I'm going to trust him because he doesn't faint. Neither should I. Neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. That sounds like reviving. Even the youth shall faint, be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord 
The word wait there means to expect. When your expectations in God, I just expect God to be God. I expect the Lord to be the Lord and do what he says he will do. So, so what I expect of the Lord is that he will revive me in the midst of my trouble. It doesn't mean you won't cry. It doesn't mean you won't feel the anguish of your situation. But you can understand that, man, this stinks, but I'm coming through. Oh, this is tough, but I'm going to make it. Man, this is bad, bad as this ever been, but I will not stop serving God. God will revive. And it ain't like I'm just going to be dragging myself across the ground, barely making it into heaven either. He said, he will revive me. He'll get me back to where I need to be. God's going to take care of me. So they will, that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to keep walking in faith. We're going to keep serving God, doing what God wants us to do, and we will be revived. No matter what comes our way, we will be revived. I don't know what, hey, 2021 may be the best year we've ever had. I'm planning on doing everything I can to make it that way. But if we get on that roller coaster again, we will get off. Because God's going to revive us. God's going to take care of us. Acts 3 and 19 says that there is a time of refreshing that will come from the presence of the Lord. Or, you know, what? If, if, if you're in his presence, presence, that means he's present. And so I was thinking about that, a time of refreshing. Well, there's nothing like, you know, uh, Times of refreshing, that's when you are trying to revive. Revive yourself. Get, catch your wind. Get your second wind. Try to, you know, you, you've been running. You've been working. You, you know, you wore out. I need to sit down and take a little nap so I can refresh. I want to I be refreshed. Well, the scripture says there's a time and times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord or, or when he's present. Do you know when he's present? Psalm 46 and 1 will tell you. We can get that up there. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in. Somebody read that last word. Trouble. It's a strange place to find revival, isn't it? But he said, God is a very present help. He is a refresher. He is a refreshing in the midst of my. He is my refuge and he is my strength and a very present he, there are times of refreshing in my trouble because he's there. That's what I'm saying. You may feel like you're all alone, but he's there. Even Job, with all he went through, he knew enough that even if I can't see God, I do know this. He knows the way that I take. And let me tell you, I know today that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and being in the midst of a trial or test doesn't make you unrighteous. Come on. And if the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, they're over you in the middle of your storm. They're over you in the middle of the fiery furnace. They're over you in your heartbreak. They're over you when you're stressed and full of anxiety or depressed or discouraged. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and he will revive you because he does not want you to perish. He does not leave you in your trouble. He will always be there. Oh, my goodness. Lord, in the midst of my trouble, revive me. I don't want to lose. 
I don't want to give up. I don't want to surrender. And friend, let me tell you, I don't have to because God will revive me. In trouble, it's uh, that's not the time to look for failure. When you get in the midst of trouble, that's the time you look for him. Psalm 121, 1 and 2 says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Listen, when you get in trouble, lift up your eyes. Start looking to where your help comes from. Don't, don't focus on, that's what Peter did. He started focusing on the wind and he started focusing on the waves and it messed his walk up. He was walking on water only because of his faith in one word, come. Lord, if that's you, bid me come, come. Or oh, the, word, the word of the Lord, it'll do. He said it'll accomplish what it sets out to do. So he gave Peter the ability to walk on water. And Peter was walking toward the Lord, going to where the Lord was. But when he saw the wind and he saw the waves, and it was, it was terrible, it was boisterous. And it was, oh, he began to get afraid and he began to sink. And the Lord thought, my. Reached down and grabbed him though. Guess who was right there watching the whole thing? The Lord. And he picked him up. You know what? They both walked back to the boat. I preached before. I said, listen, don't, don't, be, don't give up because you started sinking. Just get back to the boat. Hey, if Peter had said, no, that's it, I'm sinking. Don't save me, Lord, I'm just worthless. Pull me out. Pull, I might be worthless. Pull me out. Get me back to the boat because I want to preach on Pentecost one day. I don't want to drown with the keys in my pocket, Lord. Ah, come on, somebody. I don't want to drown with the Holy Ghost inside of me. I don't want to, I don't, man, I don't want to give up, surrender, drown, be lost with all the potential that's inside of us, the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on, we got the, the power to turn the world upside down. Oh, the, listen, and unless we just give up, we're going to do it. And unless we quit, we're going to do it. I've got to trust God and, and, and know that in the middle of trouble, I'm going to find revival. I might see a lot of things in trouble, but one thing I know for sure is there is my reviving. There's something there that will pick me up. There's something there that will encourage me. When life throws everything at you, hey, let me tell you, when all hell breaks loose in your life, look for him. When you feel like there's fire all around, look for him. They put three in the fire, but they counted four. Hey, come on, somebody said, just look for him. Get closer to him. Don't let trouble stop what you know to do. A lot of times people get in trouble, they stop praying. They won't fast. They don't seek, ask, knock. They don't cry out. They just shut down. Let me tell you, trouble ain't the time to shut down. That's when you cry out. Your trouble is not your end. Your trouble is your revival. You say, oh, I want a, a, a personal revival. Well, you know what? They used to tell us don't pray for patience because you read about the patience of Job but, uh, and, and where Job found his patience. We well, found it in his tribulation. Guess what? Pray for it or not, it's coming. It's, it's just, you know, so you can say, well, I'm praying for patience, but oh, no, I ain't going to pray for patience if I might get tribulation. Guess what? Tribulation's coming. 
You serve, do you serve the Lord? Do you love God? Guess what's coming? Tribulation. But you know what else is coming? Victory. Yeah, you're going to make it. There's going to be revival even in the midst of trouble. You're going to make it. I'm going to make it. We're going to make it. God's going to get us out. Strange places in Scripture find revival. I think about how Samson took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men, defeated the enemy. And at the end, he was so thirsty. And he's like, now am I going to die of thirst? I killed all these people, all this enemy, and now I'm going to die of thirst? And the Lord clave out a place in that jawbone and water, and Samson drank. I have never drank water out of the jawbone of nothing. I have drank water out of a stream in the mountains, and that was after it was filtered. When I was a kid, I drank water out of a creek, didn't know no better. Back then, I don't think, I think it was fine. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I would do that today or not. But I'm sure all the, the nice little forest creatures have left their DNA there, so, you know. But the jawbone, the Lord didn't leave him without a way of refreshing. He didn't leave him without a way to keep going on. He, you know, Sam said, hey, and listen, don't you know that God did not save you from sin? Wash your sins away. Go, first of all, endure what he did to save you and then apply it to your life and now so you can just be killed in the midst of your trouble. That your trouble will just take you out. That all the things that the enemy brings upon you and you bring upon yourself are going to take you out. My goodness, I got more faith in God than that, and I hope you do too. As we go into this new year, I hope you remember, uh, hey, I need a little revival in the midst of my trouble. Samson called on God at the end of his life. Strange place in the middle of that place between two pillars. God, remember me this one time. One more time, God, one more time. And he, he brought it down, and, and he, a, a greater victory was won. You know, God gave him his strength one more time. And Samson paid a price for that. But showing you that, listen, God will revive you in the midst of your trouble. He, it don't matter. Oh, no, this is it's too bad, Pastor. It's just too bad. It, I can't come back from this. Okay, hang on. 2 Kings 13, 21. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. You might feel like you're being buried. <laughs> you might feel like you're being lowered down into the grave. Ah, uh, but even there, I serve the resurrection and the life. Oh, he might say, he might say, Lazarus, come forth. He, he, he might use your name. There's a miracle with your name on it. He, he, if you find yourself with the stone already rolled over you, he can speak your name and bring you out because he's the resurrection and the life. I, they can be ready to shovel in the dirt. Hey, wait, this dude's standing up. <laughs> they probably took off running. Shovels dropped out. You know, I don't know, though. Back then, it's just like people was popping up left and right. There's dead people jumping up. I don't know. But can you imagine? Listen. If God can do that for that man, what will he do for us? Hey, God is not in, he didn't create losers. 
He said, I'm building the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I'm building the church that's going to stand on this rock. Friend, let me tell you, we are on the solid rock. Our Savior don't lose. And he lives inside of me. I'm not going to lose either. The only thing I'm losing is more of this world. The only thing I want to lose is more of myself, more of my flesh. I want to get that stuff. I want to lay down weights and sins. That's stuff I want to lose. But I am not losing ground with the Lord. I'm going to uh, serve him. And, and even if it gets so bad, it feels like, that's it. I'm gone. I'm dead. Get ready to stand up. Get ready to stand up. I serve the resurrection and the life. When Jesus went into the grave, he defeated death. He left me a promise and you a promise that we could do it too. Oh, the enemy's carrying you to the cemetery. That's all right. You'll walk out. You'll stand up. You'll get back. It'll put you back on your feet, put you back on track. You know, when you read about Lazarus, uh, you read about him in one chapter walking out of the grave, and the next chapter he's just sitting at the table with the Lord eating, back where he needs to be. Let me tell you, God will bring you back. He'll prepare a table (laughs) before you in the presence of your enemies. And listen, you'll come back. And you'll be sitting at the table. Oh, there was enemies. They wanted to kill Lazarus all over again. We need to kill him again. He needs to be dead again because now because of him, more people's believing. He was dead. He was even stinking. And now look at him, converting people. Mm. You ain't no telling what God can do. You think, well, I'm just dead and stinking. Well, that's all right. So was Lazarus, but look what he did. If God can do it for Lazarus, he can do it for you. Hello? Can he now? I'm trying to hurry. Ezra uh, chapter 9, one of my favorite scriptures here. I love thinking about how God watched over his people Israel even while they were in captivity, 70 years of captivity. And, but Ezra wrote here concerning Israel, Ezra 9 and 8, he said, And now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape. Give us a nail of something sure in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. In our bondage, in our chains. In our, we're, yeah, we're still here. We're still uh, in this land. We're still captive in this land, but it don't stop the reviving that God's got for us. Oh, we're in this world, honey. The church is in this world today, but we're not of it. And while we're in this world, God will give us a little reviving in the midst of our body. And we get in a place where I just don't want to be here, but God will still revive you. You'll be able to endure it. The scripture said to endure hardness as a good soldier. He wouldn't tell you to endure it if you couldn't. I just can't endure this. Yes, you can. Your flesh will say no. Your mind might say no. But let your faith say yes. Because God does not lie. And God will come through. And when we start trusting God, woo-hoo. Well, I, 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 believing in him and trusting him, that's two separate, that's two different sides of the coin. So there's a lot of folks believe in him, can't trust him. I don't know. I, I believe Jesus. I believe. I believe He saved, washed my sins. Why well, I believe He did, but I just can't trust Him to keep me safe. I better move. Verse nine said, "For we were bondmen, 
yet our God has not forsaken us in our bondage, but has extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving in the sight of the enemy, the ones that are holding us captive. God has given us a reviving to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolation thereof. God said, I'm going to revive and rebuild. That's what you tell your trouble. I'm going to be revived, and then I'm going to rebuild. And it's going to be better than ever before. (laughs) You knock it down, I'll build it back. Because God will give me a reviving. Aren't you glad for it today? Come on. (laughs) I'm thankful for reviving today. Nahum chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds or the dust of his feet. I've preached this so many times and, and quoted so many times, but you know, when people say, man, this is the... the Worst storm I've ever been through, and man, the enemy's really working me over. He's having his way. No, he ain't. Unless you're letting him. The Bible said, don't give place to him. Even in your storm, don't give place to him because the scripture I just read said, God has his way. God wants his way in your life, he wants his ways to be your way. So, God wants to have his way in your life. You know where he has his way? in the whirlwind, and in the storm. In the middle of trouble, God's having his way. The disciples learned this when they saw him say, peace be still. We're about to perish, don't you care? Peace be still. What manner of man you need to start realizing what manner of God you serve. You need to start recognizing what manner of Savior you have. And he didn't just save you from sin, but he'll save you from the troubles and trials of this life. He'll keep you in the midst of your storm. God will take care of you. Strange place to find revival. but That's where you'll find it. You don't always find it in, in big, big fancy Coliseums or palaces. You'll find revival in third world countries where people are starving and thirsting to death, ridden with disease. All of a sudden, look at 68,000 people got the Holy Ghost in one service. Wow. You know why? Because there's trouble. And God's reviving them in the midst of their trouble. They went back home with no, no more food in their cupboard than they had when they got to the revival. But they went home with the Holy Ghost of God because that's a refreshing, it's a reviving. He gave them something that, that this world didn't regulate. Oh, thank God. God's going to have his way in the middle of the storm. He's going to have his way in your trial. That's why you, you know what? You want to know why the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perishes? Because in that trial is where God is having his way in your life. That's where God is molding you and shaping you and making you who you're supposed to be. That's why you don't give up in the trial of your faith because that's where God is forming you. That's where you are growing, maturing. That's where you're losing things you don't need to have and gaining things you need. That's where it happens. 
That's why the enemy tries so hard to sift you as wheat. But the Lord said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. If you won't lose faith, you'll survive the sifting. Let me tell you, keep your faith. God makes a way of escape so you can bear it. You know what the scripture says? That with, with the temptation, God will make a way that you are able to bear it. He didn't say just getting you out of it. He said, I'm gonna, so you can bear it. You can get through it. You can handle it. God, you know what that is? That's reviving. God will revive you in the midst of it, refresh you in the midst of it so you can be revived. You can make it. Stand with me this morning. In Psalm 85 and 6, the psalmist asked a question. Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Will you not revive us again? The answer is yes. He will revive us again and again and again and again. Yeah. He'll revive us as many times as it takes. You don't have to worry about taking yourself off spiritual life support. God's going to revive you. Will you not revive us, Lord? Oh, this is rough. This is bad. This is tough. Oh, it was tough when we were praying last year. We were like, what are we going to do if they won't open, let us open the churches? Or what are we going to do if they you know, just stop this? You know, what, are we, what are we going to do? So many questions. God, won't you come through? Won't you make a way? And he did. And he has. And we've been back to regular services since September. And God's been faithful and been blessing and ever since September, God's been touching people and encouraging people, filling them with the Holy Ghost, washing their sins away, changing lives. God's been doing great things. So whenever you feel like saying, Lord, will you not revive us again? Just remember the answer is yes, he will. Because that trouble is not the absence of his presence or even the absence of his favor. It's just trouble. It happens. It's life. In this world, you'll have tribulation. In this world, you'll have trouble. In this world, you'll have sickness. He's made a way through all that. God will revive us. Amen. Aren't you thankful for it? Let's lift our hands and just love him for a moment. Maybe you need that reviving, that refreshing this morning. Won't you lift your hands and just love him in this house? Refresh me, Lord. Revive me again, oh God. Woo, my strength is almost gone. But I won't falter. I won't fail. This is not the end of me. God, revive me again. Revive me again. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Praise his name. Times of refreshing. In the presence of the Lord. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this house. Let him refresh you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
service like we wanted to and look I know that church is more than a building but there's too many scriptures not just don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together there's too many other scriptures that let me know that I need somebody else (laughs) two are better than one the scripture says that but he said, well, there's two or more gathered in my name. There am I in the midst. In other words, I'm present. And if he's present, here comes the refreshing. You know why we need to be able to have church and gather and be in the same place together? Because that's where his presence will be. And that's where those times of refreshing come from. We need that fellowship. Well, I know you at home, by yourself, in your car. You, you've got your prayer closet in your place. You pray and you feel God. I know that. But the Lord made it a point to mention where there's two or more gathered in my name. I'm there. Well, I, I, I want that every time I can have it. I want that every time I can have it because I'm going to have trouble just like everybody else, but I'm just looking for the revival that's coming. Praise God. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. What a great God. Hallelujah. What a tremendous Savior. We love you this morning. Praise God. Thank you for being in discipleship. Uh, The next service starts at 12. So about 1155, I've got some announcements. So find a place to pray before then. And we're going to see God do some great things. God bless you.